This street has no sidewalk, each bungalow a cookie-cutter version of the one beside it, the dead end marked by a faded yellow guardrail. A few of the homes have been boarded up, for sale signs tilting in neglect on the overgrown lawns. Claire parks her car and walks up the center of the road, backpack on. A young boy rides his bicycle on his lawn. He pedals in circles, his training wheels off the grass as he leans into the turns. A woman rounds the house, carrying a garden hose in one hand and holding a cigarette in the other. Not on the lawn, the woman says to the boy. Driveway only. There's no room in the driveway. Can I ride on the street? And get killed? There aren't any cars. What's that? The woman points to a truck parked in a driveway across the street, its tire wells rusted out. The decal on its side reads, Fowls Landscaping and Tree Removal. The mother widens her eyes when she catches sight of Claire. She is younger than Claire, thin, her brown hair unwashed and pulled into a ponytail. She flicks her cigarette onto the road and tugs the hose down the length of her driveway. Can I help you? the woman asks. I was looking for a grocery store. The one on the main road is closed. The little boy dumps his bicycle and sidles up to his mother. The mart's closed, the woman says, merged with the hardware store around the corner. Go looking for a hubcap and you'll find a bag of apples for $10 instead. Wow, okay. You're the one up at Charlie's. That's right, Claire. Sarah Gorman. The woman lets go of the hose to extend her hand. This is Daniel. Hi there, Claire says to the boy. A photographer, gracing us with your presence. Claire chooses not to respond. Did you know that, Danny? This lady takes pictures. The boy peers up at Claire. Where's your camera? He asks. Claire slides her bag around to her chest and zips it open. Do you want to see it? No, thanks, Sarah says. Maybe I can show it to you another time. Claire says to the boy, zipping the bag closed. Sarah squeezes her son's shoulders, then wipes at her nose with her bare forearm. The skin around the bend in Sarah's arm is dotted with punctures, bruised. Claire knows precisely how long it takes for such marks to fade. Even now, if Claire runs her palm up and down her own inner arm, she can feel them, the tiny holes closed over with pearls of scar tissue. Above these, the gash from yesterday aches, her whole body stiff from the fall in the gorge. My babysitter's gone, the boy says. A police car came because of her. Never mind about that, Sarah says. She disappeared, the boy says. Shut up, Sarah crouches and gives him a shake. Daniel's lips quiver as he absorbs his mother's wrath. It's okay, Claire says. I know the story. No one cares what you know, Sarah says. Okay, Claire raises her hands. I'm sorry to bother you. You want to meet Jared? Is that why you're here? Sorry? You making casseroles? I'm not catching your meaning, Claire says. We've had a whole lot of groupies show up here from God knows where, bringing casseroles and knocking on Jared's door. They saw his mug in the paper and figured he was a catch.
swoop in while he's too troubled to know any better. Death bunnies, my father-in-law called them. That's not, that's unbelievable. I'm not. You saw his picture in the paper? No. Claire trails off, unable to come up with a truthful defense. She knows these things happen. In the first months after she left, Claire would often lie in her motel rooms, imagining the women who most certainly zeroed in on her husband, the ones who for years had glared at Claire at parties. Even though stories of his drunken rages wove their way through town, there was never a shortage of women beguiled by Jason's truck or his good looks, by the way he could liven a room. And though Claire had ached for years to be free of him, in those motel rooms, the prospect of a woman sitting at her kitchen table wearing her housecoat inflamed her.